Welcome to Inspiring Women with Lori McGraw. I am your host, Lori McGraw. I have spent the past 30 years in leadership, and over the years, I've come to learn one thing. Women need women, and not just any women, but inspiring women. Tune in every week to hear from women at the pinnacle of their careers and from others who are just starting out. Episodes can be found at inspiringwomen.show or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening, and I hope you will be inspired. Welcome to another episode of Inspiring Women, and today we're speaking with Valerie Sullivan. Now, Valerie is the president and CEO of eTech. RX, which is a digital medication and pill delivery company, very innovative. We'll hear more about that. Valerie's professional background includes experience in pharma, digital health, and pharma services. She previously um, has held many leadership positions, including being the president of Inventive Patient Access Solutions, which a company which she sold to Xerox back in 2015. She was the leader of um, a part of Peer Therapeutics, and she began her career in pharma when she was at Pfizer for about 15 years. Now, Valerie serves on several different boards. She is a faculty professor at Bentley University, where she teaches on management issues and women's issues. And Valerie, I'm really pleased to be talking to you today. Oh, thank you, Lori. I'm thrilled. I really appreciate you inviting me here. And I love what you're doing with your mission of women needing women. So I couldn't be more happier to start uh, my weekend soon. Uh, <laughs> well, this is great. Well, well, this is like two women from Massachusetts speaking to each other. So we were already talking about how we hope we don't fall into our Boston accents. <laughs> but um, so Valerie, you've got this long career in digital health and pharma and tech and um, innovative companies. But why don't you just start with, you know, what are you doing right now? What are you focused on at your con- current company? Yeah, thank you. I I want to start off, Laurie, by by letting the audience and you know a little bit about who I am, whether you know I'm the CEO or a mom or you know someone who likes to read. Um, but at my core, I'm super results oriented and goal oriented, and I like to take on a lot of responsibility and accountability. But I also love people. I love connecting with people. I love learning about people. I love working on teams and solving really tough problems and then high-fiving, uh, especially at work uh, where you know we high-five, we got it done, we take our money and we deposit it in the bank. <laughs> Nothing gets me more excited than you know working together to solve something really tough and having, having a reward at the end that shows for it. So... You know, my position at eTechRx is really my dream job. Uh, you know, I'm CEO of a digital health company, and we have a digital pill system that's FDA cleared, and our technology is, is easy to use, and it ultimately helps people uh, be empowered and to be in control of managing their diseases for positive outcomes. And I learned early in my career at Pfizer that you know we people, patients, uh, all of us are patients and people. Um, we don't take our meds uh, always as we're supposed to, and there's just no way for a physician or a healthcare provider to know. And that's where our digital pill comes in because patients can be empowered to know 
uh, that when they take their medications, that they'll get better. And, and there's so many behavioral reasons why people don't take their meds, that sometimes they feel sick from it, sometimes they're expensive, sometimes they feel shame. And so, you know, we're addressing something that can really help save lives. And to me, that gets me uh, really excited. And so I'm thrilled to have this opportunity. I feel like everything in my career uh, has led up to this. You know, I, I feel really fortunate to be in this position. Well, it's an exciting space and you sound excited about it. Uh, digital health and digital pills. I mean, that is, uh, you know, the perhaps the wave of the future. I'm sure it's a space that you're learning a lot about. But let's go maybe, Valerie, talk about your a bit about the career trajectory because you are in this position, you're CEO and congratulations on that because, you know, you are in the elite club of, you know, being uh, one female CEO of less than 10% of CEOs who, who are women. So how, how did you get to that point? You've led many things across your career trajectory um, in businesses before, but now you're at the top. So give us a little perspective on that. Yeah. Wow. Well, thanks. You know, I really feel like everything I've done in my career has prepared me uh, for this role. And I will say that in the beginning of my career, I really didn't think of myself as a female leader. I, I always thought of myself as just, you know, a leader, you know, results oriented, get it done type of person. And I'm one of three girls uh, in my family. So we didn't have any brothers. And my mother was very strong and determined. And, and she was hell bent on making sure that her daughters did all the things that boys did. I mean, she quite frankly demanded it of us. And so I was good in math and science. And, you know, I really didn't focus on, you know, there are different standards for men and women until I, I began teaching at Bentley uh, and, and probably dialing it back to, you know, when I was first a vice president in one of the specialty pharmacies that I worked in, uh, you know, there were signs, but again, so goal oriented. I don't know if I ever uh, stopped to think, hey, uh, I'm being treated differently because I'm a woman. And so I don't know whether that's good or bad, um, but uh, it, it really was the case. And it sounds naive, but it's, it, it is true. I think those, I think those sort of, I don't think it sounds naive. I think it sounds excellent, quite frankly, that you didn't have this sort of differentiated experience or expectation of yourself. I think also though, some of these things, they may sound obvious, but I want to draw them out a little bit. You've got a, a degree in economics, you got an MBA, you, re, you received your MBA and in doing that, you know, usually the path to CEO requires managing a PL, being good at math, understanding those things. Was that true for you to make that next leap, or was that just a natural progression based on leadership skills? Yeah, I think, Lori, it, it did make a difference. I remember when I had to be responsible for turning around a specialty pharmacy that was losing $6 million a month. I looked at the numbers and, you know, thankfully I had good people to help me think about, you know, how do all these pieces fit in? Our services, our mix of margin, our, our people, our, our burn rate, all those things that uh, you learn in business uh, contribute to, you know, both the, the top line as well as what your costs are. So I do think being good in math was helpful. I also think uh, being uh, focused on goals 
and being able to discern, you know, where should we focus our efforts and being able to make decisions, you know, leaders have to make decisions. And in order to get results, you know, you have to choose a path forward. So I feel like I was blessed with a focus on results in my first PL job. And then when I saw how fun it was, like how the pieces all fit together, you know, I took on another turnaround and another, and, and, and I, I, I really started getting good at understanding, you know, what are all the criteria that have to be in place for success in business. And the last spot that, you know, I truly put the pieces together, you know, came from this course that I teach at Bentley, you know, understanding how, you know, my love of people trying to figure out that all people are different that you manage. And, you know, I had this bias that, um, you know, everyone's like me. So everybody does like solving problems. And when I learned that, you know, no, no, people really don't get as excited about that as you do, Valerie. <laughs> so you have to figure out what gets them excited. And that got me excited to say, hey, like, let's put people together who have ideas versus people who can get things done versus people who, who can see where, you know, the quality issues are. And, and when you think that way, you know, it really does accelerate uh, business performance. And so as you demonstrate more experiences, you know, you get more opportunities to, to deliver results. Well, and I'm sure now being, you know, the CEO of a growing company for almost two years, you'll have continued opportunity to deliver results. I mean, that's what that's what boards are for. And um, certainly it sounds like you are focused on that. Valerie, maybe let's move to sort of, you know, the how you got here. And you said that, you know, maybe you were naive and didn't necessarily experience gender differences, whether it was expectations or what you were striving for. Has that always been true? You worked at some very large companies like Pfizer and um, were there points along the way where you felt there were different expectations of you than men? And I'm just curious about what your experience has been. Yeah, I was very fortunate uh, at Pfizer uh, to have such a long career. It's a terrific company today. It was a terrific company back then. And it really believed in its people and it invested significantly in developing leaders and, and, you know, culture. And I learned a lot from that. And uh, I feel very uh, fortunate that I was able to progress into, you know, a role as a vice president in specialty pharmacy and, and, and leading um, the Inventive Patient Access Solutions Group. And I will tell you though, Lori, it wasn't until I decided to raise my hand and articulate, hey, I want to be a CEO. And it took me a little bit of time to embrace that desire for me um, because I thought, well, you know, nice girls don't raise their hand. They just wait to be picked. And that wasn't working for me. And so I had to do some practice and I had to find my power and do it in a way that didn't give away my power, but also... Um, allowed me to pursue, you know, my dream and and land in this position. And how did you do that? Was somebody helping you? Did you have a mentor? Did you have a group of people or peers or friends or someone that was pushing you? Or was it really self-directed in terms of how you thought about it and then made those next steps? Yeah. I don't think anything is self-directed. I mean, I think we're all connected in some way. And so every single person who gave me the gift of feedback 
and and rooted for me or or sometimes you know foiled my path you know all of those learning experiences i i think i'm pretty analytical and you know i can see what lesson it had in that for me and so i had to practice i had to practice saying like hey i want to be ceo and feel that pit in my stomach wondering you know does he or she think i'm i'm up for it and and again i just had to keep saying this is what i want this is where my goal orientation helped and the more i did it you know like anything you know it's hard at the beginning but uh, i wanted to stay focused on where i wanted to go because i truly believe that i have the opportunity to to build out businesses that leverage the best in people and also drive results and you know being a creative type i i'd like the opportunity to see how well i could do with that well valerie maybe i want to dig in a little bit more because i think the advice of practice is really really excellent advice and also something that sounds obvious but people don't actually do it and the, the other thing that you said is i had to ask for things so tell us how you did that because again these are things that people hear all the time but how did you actually make that happen because you know that pit in the stomach the feeling nervous the the skirting around the big questions and not being direct are kind of the typical traps that women what I see and hear tend to fall into. How did you really go about asking for things, practicing for the things that you wanted? And then what did you hear when you did ask either the great answer of, yes, you can have that, or guess what? Not so much. Yeah. I, I remembered in one of my training sessions at Pfizer that, uh, and this is, you know, I started off as a sales rep. Uh, so, you know, selling is in my blood and, you know, every situation is a selling situation. And I remember- Also great experience <laughs> for being a CEO. Right, yeah, no, no, every every situation is selling. And, and I remember one of my bosses says, hey, you don't get what you don't ask for. And another one of the trainers said, you know, hey, I would I would just practice asking um, for an upgrade every time I checked into a hotel because, hey, you never knew if you would get it or not. And so, you know, that advice came back to me when I was uh, looking for my next opportunity and I wasn't getting asked to be a CEO. And I'm, you know, curiously thinking like, why not? Like I've got all the experience. I've, I've been at this for a while. I've got all these proven results. And so that advice came to me, uh, again, grateful for all those moments of, of advice that I got throughout my career. So that's why when you asked Lori, do I have one mentor or, or several? I feel like everyone that I've worked with in my in my career has helped me get to this place and I couldn't be more grateful. But you know, I had to ask. And, and the first time I asked, and the second and the third and the 50th and the hundredth, like, hey, well, what are you looking to do? Uh, you know, I would come out and say it. And I would, I would really practice the approach because you know, you just never know what people's biases are, if they feel like a woman should be CEO, if you know, they feel like a woman has to be a CEO 10 times before they're successful. You know, I didn't know. So I would modulate my approach based on the feedback I was getting from them. And, you know, I, I had to also make myself a little bit likable because again, you just don't know uh, people's biases. And I last advice is I couldn't worry about whether people thought 
I was good enough for it, or if I was ready for it, uh, you know, if they, if they felt that way, then I had to move on. But, you know, reach and frequency is what we learned at Pfizer <laughs> and then messaging. So I put that all into practice and I, I'm again, really thrilled to be here. Really practical advice too. And, you know, it, it does take practice to learn what people respond to and, you know, whether it is positive response or negative response, those are learning opportunities, but practice, practice and how you did it. That is terrific. I think I'll try the upgrades at the hotel when we get to traveling again. That, that's a good one. Let's talk a little bit about the work you do at Bentley. I mean, you are an adjunct professor there. You teach women. This is clearly an interest of yours that you spend the extra time um, on on that first of all like like what are you doing there and how did you get involved in that why is it important to you yeah so i uh, again another bit of advice i got early in my career i i was told like hey if you have to learn something go teach it and so you know we were masters uh in most of the companies that i worked with especially ones that i led that if somebody needed to learn something whether it was better selling skills or interpersonal relations or building a powerpoint deck i would uh, ask them to teach a course in it whether it was an hour or a day long and so when i first became a manager you know i struggled a little bit i, I didn't quite understand you know how to go about getting people to do things because i'd been super successful as an individual contributor but i, I wasn't having the same results and i was frustrated being somebody who uh, you know likes high standards and uh, and is accountable so I, I started thinking about well what if i taught management at night then I'd have to learn it. And, and then, you know, I would get better at it. And so for four years, I kept sending my resume onto department chairs thinking, oh, you know, I mustn't, I mustn't be the right fit or anything. And what I've learned is when there's the need in a, in a department, you know, they fill it with adjuncts. And so I got this call and I had this uh, lovely uh, department chair say, we have a need for a international business. And I said, oh, goodness, I've never been outside the country for goodness sakes. <laughs> and he said, don't worry about it. You'll figure it out. And I taught, I taught international management for four years and it was so fun and I learned a ton. And, and, and then I ran into a colleague at Bentley and, and I said, hey, I'd love to teach here. And turns out they had a need for a course. It's called Interpersonal Relations in Management. And they said, would you like to teach it? And I said, yes. Fantastic. And I, I love that. It's like, okay, I'm your person. International relations, never been out of the country. Fantastic. So let's talk about some of the things that you teach, Valerie. So do's and don'ts for women in particular. You, you are uh, um, mentoring women. It's clearly something important to you. Now you teach in terms of some of the skills. I know you teach both men and women, but you know, you know, some of these issues are hard for women. Communication styles, you know, what are the do's and don'ts that you advise other women on? Yeah, I, I would say that uh, the first thing is get in touch with your power and, and understand it and be aware of it and don't give away your power. And I would give the same advice to, to men. You know, you, you know, we start off uh, the course, you know, understanding ourselves. Like, so we do a little Maslow, we do a little bit of uh, Myers-Briggs and, you know, I get the eye roll from the students, but if you can't manage yourself and know who you are, it's hard to manage others. 
And so that's my first advice. And one that I weave through out, you know, all the advice I give to young people is, you know, don't give away your power. Uh, the second is we've already touched on it, Lori, is practice, practice, practice. Like everything is hard until it becomes easy. And nobody teaches, you know, kids uh, in, in elementary school and, and high school, human behavior, like how are we as humans? Like we want what we want and, and we, we like to feel good and we don't like to feel bad. So like failure is bad. So we don't take risks at, at work. And so all of the basic that you think, oh, well, that's basic. I roll. Of course, I know that, you know, being able to incorporate that into who you are and, and then practice it and figure out what works and, and be diligent and, and have balance because, you know, you don't want to always be forcing, you know, yourself uh, and your goals onto others, but at the same time, you don't always want to be acquiescent and, 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 and focused on harmony and, and having the ability to discern and know when, when to be strong and when to hold back is, you know, a little bit of both art and science. Valerie, these are just such great stories, examples, practical advice. I really appreciate it. As we close out here on Inspiring Women, you've given such a compelling set of, you know, things that women can do to, you know, advance themselves professionally. What might be your closing advice to listeners today? I would say that, again, I can't repeat it enough. Just don't give away your power. And what I loved about your podcast um, and I do love about it, uh, but when I first heard about it is, you know, your focus on women needing women. And I couldn't agree more, like really help each other out and support each other, especially in areas where you don't feel like you're giving away your power, right? But the other thing is women need men too. And, and women need to know that we're different than, than men. And, and there are men who really support women. And so what I would say is ask for that help. And when you see a, a man and woman interacting in business and it's not going quite, quite well, you know, it's, it's almost like the importance of, of seeing that the situation uh, as it is, you know, ask that man to advocate for that woman and say it's stylistic and not results oriented um, because we all need each other to be successful. And I would say that uh, remembering that and, and being who you are and, and staying true to your power is, is really powerful. This has been just a great conversation. I've enjoyed this so much. This has been another excellent episode of Inspiring Women. We've been talking to Valerie Sullivan and Valerie, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. It's my pleasure. And I really love what you're doing. So keep it up. And it's very inspirational to me. This has been an episode of Inspiring Women with Lori McGraw. Please subscribe, rate and review. We are produced by Kate Cruz at Executive Podcast Solutions. More episodes can be found on inspiringwomen.show. I am Lori McGraw, and thank you for listening.